Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. When I sit with patients, there's nobody out there to fight for these patients. And there's patients that don't understand these insurance rules and these insurance questions. And there's patients who say, oh, I can't afford that. Never mind, I won't get treatment. And I just can't imagine my mom or dad doing that. Lisa Miller has listened to the stories of people choosing food over high-priced prescriptions. And it's her job to help them avoid that grim choice. Working in a windowless office inside Columbus Oncology and Hematology Associates, some might call her a patient advocate or a navigator. She helps cancer patients through and around the maze of rates and rules set for health insurance companies by pharmacy benefit managers. She recently talked about her job with the dispatch's Daryl Rowland. I mean, you know, you're, you're in an oncology clinic, so I would think, I certainly don't know what all drugs are, are given out here, but I would think, you, by definition, if you're coming to an oncology clinic, it's, it's fairly serious to begin with. Right, right. So it's not just, again, an exaggeration to say these folks as well-being, and again, maybe their lives are on the line with right. these decisions. Most of the times, by the time the patient gets here, they've had scans, they've had other doctor's visits. A lot of times when they're new to us, they don't actually experience that deductible and out-of-pocket and they don't have to worry about the cost because a lot of times by the time they get here, they've met that for the year simply mm. because they have had everything okay. else done. It's the next year that we have to start worrying about. So that's the conversation that I feel like we have a lot with the patients and that's always a worry for the patients because you know, knowing the next year that they're going to get hit with these costs all over again and this time it's going to go towards their drugs and this time it's going to go towards their treatment, which is a little bit different than having scans and being able to go to the hospital and do that kind of stuff. Now you're in a private practice, you're in a private office, you're trying to go to a pharmacy to pick up your medication and that's when it's going to really hit you. Mm. So that's the hard part. <laughs> I mean, again, you, you hear stories of people, you know, taking the daily pill every other day or even the cutting the pills in half. I mean, do you, right. is that real life to you or is that not? Yes, it is. I've, I've had lots of patients say, well, I found in Mexico. Oh. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> yes. There's always comparable drugs in Mexico, always. Yeah. Or at least the words <laughs> on the package are the yes, same. Yes, yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I guess that sort of shows how desperate people yep. are. Yep, absolutely. Yep. I yeah. mean, how did, I mean, good grief, you've been doing this for 17 years. Well, first of all, is it worse worse now than it was yes. to, at the beginning? Yes. Well, t tell me a little bit about that. How has it gotten worse? Oh, just the insurance. I just, I feel like, you know, different coverages. I feel like the insurance companies have found games around how they used to cover things. They no longer yeah. cover things. I feel like they're finding more ways to put the out-of-pocket and the expenses out to the patients. I feel like they're penalizing physicians for, you know, wanting to treat patients. I mean, the biggest thing that we try to do as an employee here at the practice is to try to make sure that the financial aspect isn't the reason that the physician is treating a patient with a certain medication. The, patient, the physicians talk to the, the patients and it's completely medical. When they come to us, it's the financial aspect of it. So 
you know, a lot of the times the doctors don't even need to know. We don't want them to know the financial aspect of it because we want the medical part to be given to the patient and the patient to get the best medical treatment that there is out there for the patient. So it's the financial aspect that we have to work on to try to get taken care of for the patient and that's where it becomes complicated. And the insurance companies are always trying to find ways around that. <laughs> always. Mm. Always. I feel like the patient's life doesn't seem as important to the insurance companies as it used to be. I really do. Wow. I mean, is that cause of, you think, profit motive? or? Yes, profit motive. I've, I mean, there's been a lot of medical directors I've talked to at insurance companies and it just appalls me when they tell me no to some things when I know that this has worked for the patient or I know that this is the reason that they gave it. You know, I had a patient who there's a drug that they give to patients that they know certain chemotherapy drugs are going to cause the patient's counts to go down and it was an elderly lady and they wanted her to have it's called Nulasta and it's it's for the patient's counts and like I'm not medical so I don't know the whole terminology of it but knowing that the treatment that she was going to get she was going to need this medication to keep her on course of her treatment and the insurance company said, yeah, but you can't prove that that's going to happen, so we're not going to approve the medication. Of course, the patient ended up in the hospital. Of course, the patient ended up having to get, you know, she had to get treatment in the hospital because her counts went down, and she was not privy to the medication that she needed to keep her from ending up in the hospital. So the insurance company paid for that hospital visit instead of the patient's medication. Happens all the time. I'm not sure how that saves money. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, but she might not have. She might not have ended up in the hospital because the physicians, you know, the insurance companies didn't think the physician would know that that would happen. So. I don't know how much interaction you have with, with the docs here and the, you know, the medical staff, but, I mean, you talk about, you, you know, you try to shield them, but then when something like that happens, obviously, you know, you, you got to tell them right. what, what happened. It's like, yeah, I know you prescribed this, but here's what here's what happened in the real world. And, and what happened actually in that situation was our physician did talk to the medical director and that she did do a peer-to-peer -peer re review and asked that the physician would consider letting this medication be approved and the medical director said no. Do, do, or let me just put it this way: Do some patients patients almost feel like they're changing between choosing between their, you know, their their bank account or their life? Yes, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. I try to do the best I can do to try to found, find find foundations, find copay cards. I try to do my best to try to make sure that we help them out as best as we can, so they don't have to struggle like that. funny because this week alone I've had three patients who two of them was the accumulators and it just amazed me because trying to call the insurance company and saying I need to know what's going on why is this so I had a patient just an example he had a $10,000 copay card okay he's doing a chemotherapy and the patient called and said the pharmacy's calling wanting $1,300 today and I said no, you have a copay card. You know, you, you, your copay is $25. That's what your copay card will pick up the rest. And we only got this in January. It's April. There's no way you're out of that money. Yeah. It was $10,000. So he said, well, I called, the, I, so I talked to the wife and told her, I did a, a conference call with them and told the wife, I said, call and follow up with your insurance company and find out, or call the pharmacy and find out if they're not running your copay card because something's not right. So she called the pharmacy and called me back and said, 
they said that is with $700 coming off the copay card and they're still putting $1,300 out to us. So I called the copay card, I called the manufacturer and said, what's going on with this patient's copay card? They're, you know, the pharmacy is still putting out $1,300 and they said, well, the patient's used $10,000 on the copay card. And I said, the patient has an $8,550 out-of-pocket max. How in the world is he not maxed out his, you know, benefits for the year? So insurance should be covering this. So I, I called the insurance company five people later because the insurance company kept saying, well, we don't know. Let me transfer you to this department. I don't know. Let me transfer you to this department. And finally, the fifth person I talked to said, oh, well, this patient has a copay card. If it's a copay card, we don't accumulate it towards his benefits. So therefore, now he has to meet his $8,550 out-of-pocket max before we'll cover the medication. So that was my first patient this week. So then having to call the patient and explain to the patient the income's too high. The thing of it is that some of these, um, some of the copay programs or some of the foundations that I work with, they only cover certain diagnoses and certain drugs. So mm -hmm. I, I went out to try to find him some help with the foundations and the patient's income was too high to qualify for any of the foundations. Or if he did qualify for one of the foundations, his, um, the rule of the foundation is they won't help a patient with commercial because there's a copay card. <laughs> so there's that catch 22, which knocked oh, wow. him out of getting any help. So basically I had to call the patient back and say, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. You have to come up with the money before insurance is going to cover it at 100%. So the wife said, we're going to have to get a, co a credit card or something to try to pay for the medication because we he's the medication's been working. He's been on this medication for three years, three years. And this is the first year that this has happened because he's always worked with the copay card and it's went through fine. This is a, so, is this, this is chemo, did you say? This is a chemotherapy medication, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, it's, is it something he takes? Or is it a yep. pill? It's and he an takes oral it medication, yes. Okay. And the whole purpose of him doing the oral and not having to do the IV is so he can continue working and not have to miss work and not have to come to the office and be here all day doing his IV chemo. So, and then the second patient, that kind of thing. Before you get on that, <laughs> how much, so how much are we talking about that this would cost, you know, like without insurance? No, there's kind of what the, the list price is. So, the, I called the pharmacy because that's what I said I said how is he getting hit with so much on a monthly basis that chemotherapy drug is $18,000 a month for a 30-day fill so insurance paying their portion patient paying his portion that's what his cost was going to come out to well they aren't already exhausted 10,000 from the copay card so a 30-day fill so that's I mean that's the month yeah so it's a, a daily yep. fill yep so that's that okay so then you're saying the a lot of the things with the, um, them mandating the patients change medications. We do have a lot of patients that are on chemotherapy or on medications and beginning of the year, the insurance company again hires another program or hires another company to do their preauthorizations and they've already made decisions that the patient has to do a biosimilar and some of the biosimilars have the same name as the other medication. It's just it'll say dash, you know, HRL or, you know, just like initials at the end of that drug. So unless we catch it, then we're still giving them the previous medication and the insurances aren't covering the medication if we miss the biosimilar. So that happens a lot and that's happened a lot this year. Most all of the insurance companies are mandating we use biosimilars or, bi or use different medications for patients. Um, now I've heard, <laughs> I've heard a lot on both sides of biosimilars because, um, I mean, I know you're not a medical person, but maybe just for the 
you know, the inner, inexpert people like me, and maybe the folks listening to us, what is a biosimilar? I mean, it's not like a generic drug where the ingredients are the same, is my understanding. Right, it's, it's a manufacturer is making a drug that is similar to the original medication. It's just they're getting cheaper rates on the medication, and, and it's just a new product for them. So they're pushing it with the insurance companies. The insurance companies are pushing it back on us to try to give the patients the drug that can be a little bit cheaper for them. So. Now the key question is, do they always work as well? That's a good question. <laughs> okay. I don't know that. You're right. I'm not medical, so I don't know that answer. All right. They're supposed to. They're supposed to be the same medication. You keep track of this. How often do the appeals work? I mean, it, it just depends. It really does. It These days, it's a 50-50. They used to work all the time. <laughs> But things have changed, you know, things have changed. I feel like we do more peer-to-peers than we ever have, you know, in the appeal process. I feel like, I feel like a lot of times we get no when no should never be said, you know, but a lot of times I feel like we get more no's than we get yeses. And sometimes I feel like they say no just to see if we're going to come back and say <laughs> this is why. So even with the oral medications. I see the pharmacy, I see that happening a lot with the pharmacy. The pharmacy is constantly coming back and saying, can I get the physician's notes because they're denying this medication, so. So sometimes they do, sounds like some sort of appeal process. Yeah, then. yep, the pharmacies, yep. Wow. Some of the specialty pharmacies do, yes. Okay. Well, you're probably handling, this is mostly specialty drugs, I would assume, yes. at this level. Yes, And, uh, which is a, another word for expensive. Yes. <laughs> Expensive medications, absolutely. Yep. I mean, how does you know? How does how can you do this for this many years and and it, and it gets worse and worse and um, I'm not trying to put this on you, Lisa, but I'm just saying that this battle just kind of gets harder and harder. I mean, what, what kind of keeps you going? And you know, as the odds seemingly grow more and more against you, against. You know, it's like you're the tree and the elephants are battling and the tree usually doesn't win. <laughs> you know? But the thing of it is, is in the end, I know this is somebody's mother, this is somebody's sister, you know, this is my mom, this is my dad. When I meet with patients, sorry, you get me emotional when you ask me those questions because when I sit with patients, there's nobody out there to fight for these patients and there's patients that don't understand these insurance rules and these insurance questions and there's patients who say, oh, I can't afford that, never mind, I won't get treatment and I just can't imagine my mom or dad doing that. I couldn't imagine my sister saying, I can't have my breast cancer treatment because, you know, I'm just going to go home and die. I can't, I couldn't imagine that. So I'm here for the patients. You know, America at least has the reputation. We like to say we have the best healthcare system in the world. Whether that's true or not, whatever. But it's obviously, you know, better than a lot. Um, amazing pharmaceutical companies that make wonder drugs seemingly every day, um, hospital facilities, doctor's offices, and yet we can't get people the, the care they need. I mean, what's wrong here? Why, how do you fix this, Lisa? You know what's so funny about that question is if I had the answer to that, I would have initials after my name and a lot more money in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. I wish I had the perfect answer. Trust me, there's nights I lay awake and just think, how can I get around this? How, how can we fix this? How can we fix it to where anybody, everybody, nobody should ever go without treatment that they need, ever. 
It shouldn't be a financial decision. It shouldn't be, can I put food on my table or can I buy my medications? That should not be a choice. But yet, America 2021, it is. And Still you see it. How, I mean, how often Every do you day. see choices like that? Every day. Every day. Every day. Monday through Friday, every day. <laughs> every day. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.